of living my prayer for truth. I call it my prayer, it is simple and clear. It wants me to give and receive love. I call in the light to make everything right and show me the way to just be loved and show me the way to just be loved. Hello and welcome to the Rewire Your Attachment Style podcast. This is Maya Diamond and I'm super excited to be here today with Michael Kay, who is the head of global communications at OkCupid, one of the largest, world's largest dating apps, and one of my favorite dating websites because of its creativity and amazing questions. So welcome, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Yeah. So Michael Kay leads PR programming in the United States and for countries across Europe, the Middle East, and Oceania. He's been featured on ABC News, Ad Age, Business Insider Bustle, CBS, CNN, Cosmopolitan, Elite Daily, and other awesome publications. And he's won several industry awards, including PRSA New York 15 under 35. Super excited to really talk about OKCupid, to talk about online dating. This is one of the biggest ways that I have my, that my clients meet their partners is through online dating. I consider myself an expert in online dating because I've literally helped so many people find their beloved partner through online dating. And it, online dating also is one of the most controversial and um, kind of frustrating subjects for my clients. And it's one of the things that I help my clients with the most is getting through their resistance and negative biases against online dating. So I'm really excited for all of us to learn more about OkCupid and also to go into some of the challenges as well. So I'm curious, first of all, what are the trends that you guys are seeing in online dating in 2020? Well, end of 2022, going into 2023, like what are some of the trends that you guys are seeing? Yeah. Um, well, one of the trends that I personally love is that we're seeing that communication tends to be top of people's list for a partner. So singles on our app who say that they're good at communicating are actually receiving 40% more conversations than those who aren't. Wow. And they're also receiving for more likes. And wow. for anyone who's unfamiliar with OkCupid, just so you know where the data is coming from, we have thousands of in-app matching questions that power mm -hmm. our algorithm and help us connect people who we feel are most compatible based on how you're responding to our questions and what you're telling us about yourself. So that's one of my favorite trends that we've been seeing over the past couple of years. Another one is that, you know, um, emotional maturity is, is a big turn on. Um, almost 10 million daters on OkCupid said it's important to have an emotional connection before a physical one. Yeah. Gen X and millennial women are the most likely demographic to say so. So yeah. be passionate, be empathetic, be vulnerable have a good sense of humor and, and take responsibility and, and you're going to do well on, on these apps. 
Yeah. I love that. I love what you're saying, which is that there is a trend in the population of single people where your ability to communicate well, your ability to have high emotional intelligence skills is becoming literally one of the most attractive qualities in a partner. Whereas in the past, maybe it was your profession, how much money you make, right? And so it's like with Brene Brown and all of this kind of um, psychoeducation regarding attachment styles, regarding communication, regarding shame, regarding you know, healthy sense of self and self-love and, you know, exactly what is empathy really, narcissism, like everyone's learning so much at such a high and fast rate that some of these really important qualities, because statistically with all the research, what they found is the emotional connection between partners is the most important thing for a long-term relationship. So singles are really becoming wiser and saying, well, that's really what I'm kind of sorting for. Absolutely. And and a lot of these trends, while they've been happening for a couple of years now, they really were accelerated during the pandemic. All of us had a moment to reflect and think about what's important to us. Um, it, it really was a two, three year long therapy session, whether you were actually talking with someone or um, just reading and, and listening and, and doing this work on your on your own. And on that note, actually, I would say the, the last big trend that we're seeing, which was actually written about in our um, 2022 trends report was that discussions around mental health are a turn on mm-hmm. right now. So being vulnerable is one of the more attractive traits to singles. And on OkCupid, more than nine in 10 daters are saying that they are sensitive. And this is really paying off for people. And it's especially paying off for men who historically weren't as open as um, women were on our app. So in 2022, men who said that they were sensitive were receiving 107% more likes and 86% more matches. They wow. also had 113 more conversations than men wow. who said that they weren't sensitive. Wow, that is amazing. That's really, really exciting news. I'm so happy to hear that. Beautiful. And I'm wondering, like, what do you think are the main uh, strengths that OkCupid has compared to other dating websites? So there's other dating websites. There's lots of dating apps right now. There's so many different apps and websites for people, singles to choose from. And You know, what I've seen, you know, with really watching this industry for the last 15 years is there's been so much more people that are going towards dating apps instead of websites. And so I'm wondering when you think about OkCupid compared to Bumble, compared to Tinder, compared to, um, you know, Hinge, for example, all these different dating apps that are very popular right now. What, what do you see as kind of the strengths that OkCupid brings as opposed to those other apps? Yeah, well, first of all, I'm just going to quickly touch on why I think dating apps work or online dating. Um, and then we can go right into OkCupid. At, at OkCupid, at my company, I work really closely with data scientists. I'm always talking to mm-hmm. behavioral psychologists and dating coaches and sociologists. And what I'm hearing time and time and again is that Dating apps work because people used to meet at places like church or temple 
or even on blind dates, but young people really aren't going to those gathering type places anymore. Yeah. Um, there are actually about 3 million people on our app who said they came to OkCupid because they know someone who got married to a person they met on a dating app. So it really is becoming one of the more popular ways to, to meet people. It's also really convenient. Um, mm-hmm. when it comes to OkCupid, what's different about us than all the other dating apps? And last time I checked, there's, I think about 1500 out there. So there are a lot of options for people these days. So amazing. Um, definitely more broad ones like, um, hinge or Tinder and match and then more niche ones like, be okay or chispa or upward or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. And what's different about OkCupid is our questions. We're the only dating app in the world that is matching you. It's important to you. And whatever's important to you is absolutely okay with us. So when you get on OkCupid, we tend to bring in a higher intent dater. And that's the way our product is designed. And what I mean by that is a lot of dating apps out there, you can upload a photo, your name, maybe add your location, and you go right to dating and matching with people we actually think it's more beneficial to make you put in some work before you're yeah. actually able to date. So yeah. when you go on our app, you have to fill in all those details about yourself. You have to fill out multiple prompts you have to add multiple photos. Then you have to answer at least 15 of our matching questions. And what's nice about the questions or one of the things that's nice about them is there's not a single one on our app that's mandatory. So if there's one that you're like, mm, that's not really relevant to me, or actually that makes me uncomfortable and I don't actually want to talk about that. You can skip it and keep moving on to other questions, but you have to answer at least 15. And we see most people go on to answer dozens and dozens more because the more questions you answer, the more compatible your matches are that we will show you. So we're a very data-driven, very scientific um, dating mm-hmm. app, and there's really no other algorithm like ours. I mean, even with our questions, the questions differ based on who you are and where you are. So if you're a straight person in your city or San Francisco, you're going to see different questions than a bisexual person in Tel Aviv or a gay person in London. So our questions are also tailored by the That's audience. That's so cool. You know, and one thing I'll highlight that I think is also a controversial thing with my clients where some people love it and some people hate it, which is there's a lot of questions about sex on OkCupid. As a I'm a love and relationship coach, but I'm also a sex coach. And the thing that is very unique, there are some other dating apps and websites that have sex questions, but not a lot. It's very, very rare. And the sex questions on OkCupid are very particular, very specific. And if you did have a specific desire or a specific kink or a specific need that you really wanted in a partner to be open to or interested in, then you can see that very quickly on OkCupid if you answer the question. And so I, you know, my clients will ask me, should I answer the sex questions or should I not? And so we just talk about the different positives and negatives, right? There's a big positive, which is you might have more of compatibility and you get to know that so quickly, right? Which is really important because if you're in a monogamous relationship, you really want to be compatible in the sexual realm, right? It's like that is the one thing that you do with your person that you don't do with anyone else, right? So I just want to highlight that because one of the things that 
I think there are some very particular things about OKCupid that's very creative and very different than other websites. And exactly the cool thing is you don't have to answer those questions. If you feel private about that, that is completely fine. But if you feel like, well, this is important to me, I want to see someone's answer. If you answer it, you can see someone else's answer, which is really nice. Yeah, I'm so happy you mentioned that because we've been seeing that uh, a lot of singles on our app just don't care about shame or stigma around sex anymore. Recently, about 97% of our daters said they want to have sex every day or every other day or at least once or twice a week with a romantic partner. Um, they're talking about foreplay on our app. They're talking about sex toys on our app. And they're becoming more comfortable talking about that and having those conversations. That's great. That's wonderful. And I'm wondering something that has been, I asked kind of my audience, like, what, what do you want to know about OKCupid? And one thing that came up was there, you, it used to be a lot easier to search based on criteria on OKCupid. And so I want to know what do you recommend is the best? And now it feels a little bit confusing, honestly, and I want to really also be able to direct my clients in the best way. So what do you recommend is the best way to search based on criteria? For example, say you wanted to date someone who um, was liberal, also wanted kids, and also um, was very active, like in his exercise or whatever. Great question. So we don't have a search function on OKCupid anymore. We used to. Yeah. Uh, we recently, over the pandemic, more towards the beginning of the pandemic, I believe this happened around summer 2020, we actually completely redesigned our app and really modernized it. So there's a lot of changes um, to the user face, which I actually find really exciting. If you are interested in digging deeper on a person, I definitely recommend, look, recommend looking at your match percentage and clicking that button. So for anyone who's been on it, you know that there's a match percentage. That tells you how compatible we think you both are based on what yeah. you said you're looking for, what they said they're looking for, and how you both answered our matching questions. But if you click on the percentage, you will actually get to see what questions you both answered in common um, and both where you agree and where you disagree. And that's where yeah. you'll be able to see things like, do you agree on politics? Do you disagree? Do you agree on active lifestyles or do you disagree? Again, it's pending what questions you both chose to answer. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think, one of the ways. And then there are occasional times where we will introduce a badge. Um, that happens, I want to say like once or twice a year. And when we introduce a badge, we'll introduce a stack. And it's always focused on one topic that you can learn more mm -hmm. about someone. So ahead of the presidential election, we had a voter 2020 badge. So you mm -hmm. can go in and find all the people on our app who are registered voters. And we've yeah. done that a couple other times throughout the year. So you can find other people who care about climate change. It depends on what the yeah. badge is at the time. But there's, but not, there's no more, so we can't search. There's not a good searching way anymore. Is that correct? Correct. There's no search function anymore. Yeah, that's, that's a little bit frustrating, huh? I mean, it's, I think for people who like to do searches, um, and like to kind of dig in there and find people that maybe don't show up on the whatever, you know, it, it kind of gives them that extra, like, 
way to, to find people. Well, never say never because we are talking to our users all the time. And yeah, it's something we've heard over the past year or two yeah. that people really want that back. And I know it is something that we're always talking with our product team to see how we can fit that into totally. the new app. So totally good. I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it. Um, and I'm so curious. Um, okay. So let's talk about, so, so one of the things I help my clients with the most is the online dating profile, right? So writing the photo, sorry, writing the profile, picking out the photos and what I see in my work time and time again is that one little tweak can make all the difference. Literally, like one word, one sentence and suddenly like their life partner comes in and writes them a message. It's so magical and amazing. So I know how important the online dating profile is as well as the photos. And so I'm curious, like, what are your best tips for my audience? Um, what are your best tips for someone who really is ready to meet their partner in 2023? Well, first, for anyone listening, we did not plan this conversation. And I just want to back you up on what you just said about one minor tweak. I was helping a friend a couple months ago with her Hinge profile. And she said, can you just look at my prompts and see what I'm doing wrong? And I, I forget the prompt um, because I'm not single, so I'm not on the apps right now. But yeah. there was a prompt around her favorite meal. And she wrote, Penny Alavaca, period. And I was like, that's great. I love that too. But why don't we reframe that a bit and ask someone what recommendation they have for the best Penny Alavaca in Manhattan? And she changed her response to a question that people can respond to. And over the next two to three weeks after she changed that, that became the most pro- popular prompt for her that people were responding to. And yes. her DMs like doubled. So, but I do have a few tips for creating a dating, uh, for when you're building your dating app profile. And this goes for, okay, keep it really any app you're on, whether that's Hinge or Tinder or Match, um, whatever app you choose first. Let's take the pressure off ourselves a little bit. Ask your friends for help. We're always asking our friends about, a caption on Instagram, what photo we should post. So it really depends that you can tag team this with them. They also probably know you just as well, if not better than you actually know yourself. For sure. Yeah. Another thing is be positive with everything you write in your profile prompts. The biggest, biggest turnoff I see someone, I see someone saying when I'm helping my friend swipe is when they're saying swipe left if. I think it's so important to know what's important to you, but Instead of focusing on your deal breakers, try to highlight your deal makers. So think about why you swipe right on someone, why you want someone to swipe right on you. That's what you should be shining a light on and really being positive with everything that you're writing. Remember, this is people's first impression of you besides your, besides your, like the photos that you choose. Another one is, and this has been really helpful for friends of mine is make lists when you're filling out your profile. Mm -hmm. So list books that are on your coffee table that you still want to read or the songs that people will find find on your Spotify list or the vacations you still want to go on. People really need help um, when trying to figure out what to say in that first message. So I like to think of everything you put on your profile from the words to the photos that they serve a purpose and are something that people can respond to. I love that. I totally agree. I think lists are fantastic and help people so much get to know you. 
And I love, you know, the example that you shared regarding changing the what one dish that she liked to asking a question. And exactly, I think those a like the dish example shows she was actually also to me that kind of the soul is in the details. So it showed like the details of the dish, not just the restaurant, not just the kind of food, but the dish that she really liked. But then kind of honing it in even more to like, or kind of bringing in more of a relational aspect by asking a question, getting people engaged. So I love that. That's such a great example. And I I think it's um, so helpful when exactly we kind of make it relational show exactly show that you're relational if you are if you really want a relationship then show these relational skills these relational qualities asking questions you know sharing something deep and personal about something about something that's important to you i think when i see profiles where it's more on the superficial level I wonder how that's really going to help someone get to know you if there's not enough, if there's nothing deep on your profile. I think it's harder to make that deeper emotional connection, which is what people usually want. So I recommend just putting it out there, like kind of looking through your profile and seeing, is this, is there anything that's like about my deeper, the depths of who I am on this profile? And if there isn't, you might want to add that because it really speaks to people who are looking for something real. Absolutely. And I'll give one more quick tip from someone who's working at a dating app that I found really interesting when I joined OkCupid. Um, the biggest tip, I think, or the one I think is most important, is if you add something new to your profile every two to three weeks, so about once a month, it's going to trick the algorithm and trick the app into thinking you're a new user because all this activity is happening on the profile. So that does not mean once a month you have to completely change everything, but delete one photo, add one or two photos, and maybe change one or two of the prompts that you're filling out. And you're going to start to see brand new people and a lot more new people. Wow. That's brilliant. I love that one. This is one of the biggest resistances that women have to online dating is that they're going to get a lot of inappropriate messages, inappropriate photos, you know, maybe even something mean or rude like that happens online. These things happen all the time to the best of us, right? So there's a lot of, um, you know, in my opinion, online dating is totally worth it to meet an amazing person. And there is some riffraff that you have to deal with. So I want you to tell us what are the ways, for example, A, what are the things OkCupid is doing to make it a safe space? And B, what can someone quickly do? What is the best thing for someone to quickly do if they receive a mean, inappropriate, or harassing message? Absolutely. And this is this is a quick question because just as there is bad behavior in real life, there's bad behavior on dating apps as well. For anyone who's on our app specifically, we make it really easy to report bad behavior. And this can come in three different ways. You are able to report a single message. If there is a message that someone sent that felt 
um, that made you feel uncomfortable, you can also quickly remove them so that you won't see them anymore. But besides that, you can yes. report a single message. You can report a photo if there's a photo you feel is inappropriate and you can go beyond a photo that's inappropriate towards you. It could be a photo that's inappropriate towards a group of people, whatever that mm-hmm. photo is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also report an entire account. And there is a robust um, safety and security team on our side, both people and computers that are monitoring the mm-hmm. happenings on our app. And it's really important to us that everyone who comes to OkCupid feels welcome and safe. So we really do encourage people that if they see bad behavior, if they're experiencing it, please report it um, so that we know and we can make sure that this person, if they violated any terms, if they... Um, are doing anything wrong that we can remove them from our app and create a safer space for everyone. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So if you get a message that is inappropriate and so you don't want to hear from them again, what would they do specifically? I want you to describe it specifically. They, is it a match? Is it block? What do they do? Yeah. So if you get a message that's, um, that you don't like makes you feel uncomfortable, you don't want to talk to this person anymore. Mm-hmm. You can, this is in your app, you can click, there's going to be three dots at the top of the message window to bring up a menu, and then you can click report, and that will bring you to a reporting form. And this is all within the app. You can choose an option and send us as much info in the comment box as you can. Um, again, you can report a photo, you can report um, an entire account. And you can block someone as well, which means they're going to disappear from your app. You don't have to interact with them ever again. Yeah. So you can report and then block. Is that the sequence? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. That's super helpful. I love that because I think that's part of the thing that I really help my clients do that I think really makes the biggest difference is really feeling empowered. Like I am an empowered person on the app. And so therefore I know if someone writes me and it's not okay with me, I can immediately block them. I don't even have to report or I can. It's it, I can, you know, do it for everyone else. But if I'm too triggered, I can just block and it's done. Okay. So I just want people to know that so that you can feel safe, you know, going onto this app so that you can actually find the love that you truly desire. So my next question is, in terms of the messages, um, I think this is a really interesting question. Or this is something that comes up a lot, which is like, do women, you know, write the first message or do men write the first message, etc. In my opinion, any or any gender can write the first message. I think it's completely fine either way to write the first message. And so, but I think it is really important what you write um, for the first message because it's like the first kind of connection point. Obviously, you're seeing the photos in the profile, but like the first message is huge in terms of if you're getting a response or not, what you write, right? So what are your best tips for the first message? Well, first of all, for... Any women who are listening, one trend we've seen over the pandemic is that women are sending more first messages than they ever were previously. Wow. And they're seeing success from that because conversations on our app that are initiated by women 
last significantly longer than conversations started by men. So I would encourage no matter what gender you are, feel free to send that first message. But yes, it's definitely important to have a solid first message because our data shows that opening up with, hey, hi, hello, actually has about an eight in 10 chance of being completely ignored. So in true OkCupid fashion, we decided to ask our daters um, what their favorite icebreakers were. And this, these were the responses that we got. Is not from a group of 10, 20, 100 people. About four and a half million daters answered this question around the world. Um, over one and a half million people in the United States alone. And 30% said they prefer a simple introduction where they get to know a little bit more about you beyond your name. You don't have to open with paragraphs and paragraphs of your life history, but give a little color into your background, what you do, maybe what you're looking for here. Um, another 30% recommended someone open with asking a question. 21% said telling a joke and the data doesn't lie, but I will put a disclaimer on this one that for me, I would be cautiously optimistic, like careful about this because yes. if you're opening with a joke, you need to make sure that they have a very similar sense of humor. So for me, I don't know if that would be my go-to, but 21% of people said that's what they like. And then 18% said they prefer when someone mentioned something on their profile. So that goes back to what we talked about earlier, that yes. everything you put on your profile should be something that people can respond to, whether it's photos of you at a concert or running a marathon or on vacation or whatever it is. Yeah, love that. That's huge. Beautiful. That's so cool that you guys asked. So I want to go into another controversial topic, which is I know that the data from OkCupid revealed how much racism is happening in online dating, right? It was, I'm pretty sure it was all the data that OkCupid got allowed kind of, you know, sociologists and et cetera to understand the way that people are dating online and the racism that exists there. And how much harder it is for people of color online. And so I'm wondering what is happening. What is, is OkCupid doing anything to address that? Yeah. So great. Another great question. I will say for anyone who's unfamiliar with the data, it was basically looking at what ethnicities and races perform better or worse on dating apps. This was also data from about a decade ago. So it reflects a very different society than we're living in today and an extremely different society than we're living in post-pandemic. That is mm-hmm. not to say that there is not racism anymore. I live in New York. We're seeing a huge rise in anti-Semitism. There, mm. This was a huge place for the Black Lives Matter movement over the past couple of years. So it is something we're still experiencing. However, that data, again, from almost eight, uh, almost 10 years ago, um, what we've been seeing over the past two to three years is that people on our app are now dating outside of their race and outside of their religion more than they ever were in our nearly 20 year history. Fantastic. That is wonderful. That's really wonderful for everyone to hear because I think it's, it's easy to feel like, you know, this is just too challenging. People are, you know, 
counting me out because of my race. So I think that's good for people to hear. Absolutely. We've also been using our questions um, to encourage these really difficult and uncomfortable conversations. So over the past couple of years, we've been asking um, our daters, how will you address racial inequality? Is it important that your date fights for racial justice? And these questions have already been answered millions and millions of times. So it's one way for us to, especially as a platform that fosters connection and conversation, yeah. really encourage people to address their inner biases and, and learn more about themselves and, and the other people that they're interacting with on our app. Yeah, I love that. that there's a particular question, like, are, you know, yeah, there's many questions about like, would you, you know, say something if someone said a racist joke or, you know, if you would you say something if someone said a sexist joke or whatever, like those kind of questions that are like, are you actively engaged in, you know, being in, in the movement towards equality for all? And I think for people, especially I have seen exactly in the younger generations, my single clients, that is so, so important to them. And I think that, um, it's, and, you know, I'll just say exactly. It sounds like there is better trends in terms, in terms of racism online that it's getting better. And at the same time, exactly. It's still very much a thing. And I think it's, um, yeah, we, we, one thing with online dating that is, again, there's so many positives and so many negatives. The negative is people make quick judgments very, very quickly about people, right? Like, oh, which we do in all sorts of ways every single day in our lives. We make these quick judgments that decide, you know, is this person right for me or not? And so I guess, you know, for everyone listening, I highly encourage you to, because we always say this in terms of dating in general, which is like, be more open-minded. What if about height, right? Like we dating coaches talk about this all the time. Be more open-minded about height, right? Because that's something for so long women are like, oh, he has to be six foot tall. But really, what's really important is exactly how does the person treat you? Do you guys have things in common? Do you have similar lifestyle? Do you want the same things out of life? Um, but same with, I'll say same with race as well. Like be more open-minded and see like, wow, this person from this other culture could actually, you know, meet you really well. And so just being open-minded to seeing if someone is right for you beyond the color of their skin, beyond, um, you know, if they have the exact same background as you, et cetera, et cetera. I think, um, you know, and I'll just say attraction is so complex. <laughs> it's so, so, so complex. It's based on our you know, our amygdala, our primal brain, and all of the um, memories from our childhood and the way that our t- parents treated us. It's also based on hormones. So it's such a complex thing. So I just want to kind of also note that to all my listeners that I understand that attraction is so complex. And I think that's something that isn't, but I don't believe that attraction can't be changed. In fact, that's one of the things that I help my clients with is changing your attraction from unavailable attractions to available attractions. So attraction can change. Um, 
And I think that this piece around exactly what is the internal world of the person versus how they look on the outside and really starting to prioritize that, prioritize that. And then you're going to actually, you know, be with someone who, um, who really meets you. Yes. And the, the only thing I'll add to your question about what else we've done. Yeah. Cause it's probably the thing I'm most proud of at, during my time at OKCupid is that we were the only dating app to roll out a Black Lives Matter profile badge. Uh, so this was to supplement our new questions. We also donated to all the organizations that our own employees were extremely passionate about, mm. which were the NAACP, the ACLU, Black Girls Code, and Fair Fight Action, and donated $1 million in advertising space on our app to Black civil rights organizations. And these are steps that every brand can take. So I, I definitely encourage everyone to talk to their employers, see what they're able to do um, to lift up these different groups. That is really good to know. That's super, super awesome. Let's see what else is super important on, about online dating. I think, um, I guess, yeah, one of my questions is if someone's listening and they've been feeling on the fence about online dating, like a part of them really wants to try it, but maybe they've had negative experiences online and it hasn't worked for them. And maybe they um, are afraid to put their picture online because they're afraid for other people to see them. Like they might feel a lot of people feel scared for coworkers to see them online. You know, what would you say to that person? Well, I think there's two different ways to respond here. First, I'll say you have to be in the mon- mindset to date online. So and date at all in any way. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you are not currently in the mindset, if you're not excited about dating, if you're not super into it, don't do it. Because what you're going to do is project a version of yourself that is disinterested, that is negative, and you're going to attract similar people who are just not that into it either. And you're going to have a bad experience. So I tell people all the time, if you need a break from dating, delete the apps or just don't go on them. And come back when you're ready because there are moments where we're in a mood to do it and other moments where we're not. I think about it the same way I think about reading. There are weeks or months where I cannot put a book down and other times where I just really want to binge TV. Um, so you have to be in the mindset to do it yeah. for anyone who is nervous about a coworker seeing them. I would, there's no better way for me to say this, but it's something you would just have to get over. Um, because to my knowledge, definitely not an okay Cupid, but I'm sure there's no way else on any other app. There's no way to really avoid that if you're working at a company with other people who are in a similar age bracket, who are also online dating. It's also a lot more normalized than it was years ago. When I first started online dating, I had just graduated college. It was 2014. I thought the concept of Tinder was bizarre. People going to meet with strangers that they met on their phone. Um, it was weird to me. Mm-hmm. That's also how I met my partner of almost nine years. So I'm now seeing people go out and I'll be out with a group of friends and a, my girlfriend will come up to me and say, Oh my God, this guy was so creepy. And I was like, what happened? And she's like, this stranger just talked to me at the bar. So there's a big shift in how we've yes. society view dating apps from I've spent 15 years ago. So I would encourage you to let that go and just be yourself. 
um, and put yourself out there if you're ready. Exactly. I love that so much. And I agree. I think, you know, if someone's online and you work with them, it's like they're online too, right? So no shame. It's like, and, and what's wrong with being single and looking for love? There's nothing wrong with being single and looking for love. I think there's been so much sayings like, oh, you should just, you know, live your life and enjoy your life and have fun. And then you'll meet the person. It's like, well, unfortunately, that does happen less and less because a people, you know, people are still not out and about as much as they were before the pandemic, first of all. Second of all, it's like maybe you don't have time to be going out all the time and meeting people out and about. So it's a really good way to meet people when maybe you are, you know, working all day and at night you can do some online dating and make some dates. So I think there's so many benefits to online dating and I'm a huge proponent of it as well as meeting people offline as well. They're both fantastic ways. But if you're single, really giving yourself that channel to meet someone that's outside of your social network. That's the other thing that's so amazing about online dating is it's not people in your social network. Otherwise, you already would have met them. So maybe just one degree of separation or two degrees of separation and someone who you have a lot in common with. So um, I just want to say thank you so much for coming to the podcast today, Michael. It's been super, super fun. And I love hearing oh wait before we go i have one other question that i'm super curious about for my own personal um knowledge which is like who created so i believe in the matching algorithm on okcupid not everyone does i do believe in it i think it's amazing i'm wondering who created like obviously maybe there's a lot of people now who have up leveled it but i'm curious like who originally created it or how did that all happen yeah so for anyone who's unfamiliar, OkCupid's algorithm is definitely more complex than other dating apps. And that's really no surprise given that our app was founded almost 20 years ago by four math majors at Harvard. So wow. that is the background. Our questions have been around since the beginning. It's not a new feature to OkCupid. We've definitely modernized them and added new ones. We're adding new questions almost weekly. Can users make new questions or no? No, but Chances are, I would bet my life on this, that if there is something you're talking about with a friend, with a coworker, with a family member, we're asking about it. Because that's where our questions really come from. If it's something we're interested in talking about, if it's something that's trending on Twitter, if it's something the media is covering, if it's a trend on TikTok or Instagram, that uh, translates. Is a new question. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Okay. So, so with the matching algorithm, so it was originally created by the founders. Is that correct? Correct. Um, okay. So the app has changed. It looks a lot newer. It looks a lot cleaner. But the core of OKCupid has always stayed the same. Yeah. So yeah, it's an amazing algorithm. I um, I highly recommend answering at least 100 questions so that the algorithm... I'm curious for you, what would you say? 100 or more? So what do you think would be the best for like just a normal person out there? I think a hundred is a lot easier to reach than people think. I mean, you can answer a few questions every day when you pop in. Um, you'll have to answer at least, at least 15 when you make an account. But again, you'll go on to answer for dozens and dozens more. And yeah. average, um, 
like that number of questions that the average user is answering has has gone up and up and up every year. So people are having fun with our questions. Yeah. Wonderful. Exactly. And then the matching algorithm works better if you the more questions you answer. Awesome. Yep. Cool. Well, again, thank you so much. It's been really, really fun to to just hear from you and get all this background information. So thank you so much for coming to the podcast today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And for anyone who's listening, this is the most important part of the interview to listen to. If you have an account on OkCupid or want to create one after this conversation, uh, download the app and create a profile for free. Uh, then email subscriptions at okcupid.com. That's plural for subscriptions. And email us from the email address that you use to sign up on OKCupid. And for the first 30 listeners, we will upgrade your account to OKCupid Premium for free on us for three months so that you're able to unlock all the different paid features on OKCupid. So that's a little bonus for Mm. the end of this episode. Yay! Love it. Thank you so much for generously giving that to our listeners. I really appreciate it. Of course. Again, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Rewire Your Attachment Style. This is Maya Diamond to receive your two free gifts to help you on your journey to lasting love and to start rewiring your attachment style today. Go to empowerlove.us forward slash love.